Welcome back to Money Matters, a podcast series by financial planning experts ProVest that offers insights from experts to help you better understand your finances. And this week, we're going to be talking about auto enrollment. And joining me this week is John Carney, who's Director of Corporate Business Development at ProVest. Hi, John. Hi, Fiona. How are you? Good, good. And Jerry Moriarty, who is CEO of the Irish Association of Pension Funds. Hiya, Jerry. Hi, Fiona. Thank you both for joining me uh, to talk about auto enrollment. John, if I could just start with you, for people who are not familiar with auto enrollment or what it is, can you just explain briefly what exactly we're talking about when we talk about auto enrollment? Sure, Fiona. Um, I suppose by, by way of background, the, the Minister for Social Protection, Heather Humphreys, recently announced that she had secured um, government approval for the outline of an auto enrollment retirement savings bill. Um, and uh, it should not be forgotten that we are the only country within the OECD without a, a mandatory supplementary pension beyond the basic state pension. Um, and the, the objective, I guess, of the proposed auto enrolment scheme is to ensure that um, every worker will have access to a workplace pension to supplement or complement uh, the state pension. And before I uh, discuss the, the salient features of auto enrollment, Fiona, I guess it's important to note that uh, this announcement comes approximately 15 years after then Minister Seamus Brennan committed the state to, to such a scheme. Um, under, under the proposed scheme, Fiona, which is due to be established in 2023 for, for employee enrolments in 2024, all employees earning over €20,000 who are not already members of, a, of an occupational pension scheme will be automatically enrolled. And whilst uh, auto-enrolment will be voluntary in the sense that workers can, can opt out after six months, they will be enrolled uh, once again after two years. Um, with turning, I suppose, to the contribution rates, Fiona, the, the initial contribution uh, will amount to 1.5% of gross income, uh, being increased on a phased basis over a 10-year period to 6%. And for every one euro saved by the employee, the employer matches this with a, with a one euro contribution subject to a, a, an upper limit on salary of, of, of 80,000 euros. So essentially... Um, the, the state will also uh, make a contribution at the rate of uh, one uh, euro for every three euro saved uh, by the employee, equating uh, to uh, 25% uh, tax relief. And uh, I suppose it's also important to note that it is expected that auto enrolment will help an additional 750,000 uh, people save for retirement to ensure they are uh, better prepared for life after work. And this is most welcome, Fiona, because our rapidly ageing population is going to, to place a, an intolerable strain on the, the state pension I referred to. And Jerry, you've been looking at how auto enrolment um, works in other countries and how effective it's been in increasing rates of pension coverage. So, um, you know, what are we looking at? Do you, do you think that judging by what way it's been received in other countries that it's going to work here, it's going to be effective here? Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, obviously the UK is probably the, the most obvious example because it's so similar and, and so close as well. Um, UK brought in auto enrolment 10 years ago, uh, 10 years ago this month, actually. They've now got something like 12 million more people saving for pension than they had 10 years ago. Their coverage rates were similar to ours and just under 50% of their workforce would have had additional pension savings. Now that's 80%. Um, so, and I, I think on the point you made about 
it kind of helps people who kind of feel like they should be doing something about their pension, but they're just never going to get around to it themselves. So having somebody else do it for you and having it happen automatically really works. And and realistically, for most people who actually do have uh, pension savings, that's sort of how it happens for them anyway. They just happen to end up working for an employer who's got a pension plan in place and they automatically join it. So yes, it has been very effective in those countries uh, where it's sort of well-designed. People find it's useful that it's done for them. They don't have to worry about the detail or find their own pension and it, it's just all smooth and happens automatically so yeah it has been very successful in that regard and jerry are there limitations with the design there are some um it's certainly not going to be as flexible as the existing system um so for example you're not allowed to take your money out until retirement age which will match the state pension age which is you know 66 whereas in some occupational pension plans, you can early retire from age 50. So there's probably more flexibility around that. Uh, contribution rates, when it'll be 6%, there isn't a provision at the moment that people will be able to pay more. Um, so I think there are some issues around, um, you know, greater flexibility that you have if you're in, in, in another pension plan. And I think that opens up an opportunity for people maybe to think about if they have been planning and doing something, whether auto-enrollment is the right thing for them or whether they want to do something else. The fact that the tax relief works differently as well in that you're not getting tax relief on your contributions. It's a direct contribution for the state. So for some people, that would be better off than tax relief. For, for, for others, it would be worse than tax relief, particularly higher rate taxpayers. So I think it is worth people, and particularly employers who either thinking about setting up their own pension scheme, looking at the, you know, the greater flexibility they could get for doing that, or just waiting for auto-enrollment where someone else does a lot of the heavy lifting and does, does the work on it. And I guess, Jerry, the, the, other, the other limitation is that the, the government's latest plans limit uh, auto-enrollment to, to people earning more than €20,000, which will more than likely um, disproportionately exclude females and will potentially widen that existing uh, gender pensions uh, gap further, uh, which, which is just another point to note. That is a good point. And, and I know there has been a lot of um, sort of discussion around that. Now, I think the government's argument is that once you get to a certain low level of income, affordability becomes a real issue, but it's trying to fight the right balance between those two. And also it only applies to people from age 23, whereas, you know, personally, I think, it should start as soon as you start your first job because that's how people adjust their budgets and their lifestyle around that rather than somebody who might have been working for a few years and suddenly find there's money taking out uh, might not appreciate that as much as it sort of gets lost in the detail at the very beginning of your career. You said there, Jerry, that there have been discussions around these issues that you've outlined, both yourself and John have outlined there. Do you think that there are that there is scope for change that, you know, that uh, the government will review the scheme as it as it goes on? I think, yeah, I think definitely if it goes on, I think there's a strong sense now that it just needs to happen. And certainly I would agree completely with that. I think we've been talking about it for far too long. And just needs to get underway. I do think with all of these things, you will probably find that experience as, as it gets underway, uh, things may change. Um, we're now at the stage where the bill has been published with all the detail around it. So, you know, that should start its way through uh, the Dáil and the Shannon over the coming months. Um, and as John said, it needs to kind of get in place the structure around it next year if we're going to have those first contributions starting in 2024, which is the current plan. 
You are listening to Money Matters, a podcast series by financial planning experts ProVest. And John Carney is Director of Corporate Business Development at ProVest. John, the pensions industry in Ireland is undergoing significant changes. You know, we're here talking about auto enrollment, but there are other changes as well in the industry. Indeed, Fiona. Um, the, the pensions sector in Ireland is uh, undergoing significant change. And um, last September, for example, the government signed off on its uh, major reform plan, which will see the retirement age staying at, at, at age 66, as Jerry alluded to, but allowing employees to continue to work uh, if they choose. And under, under the, the new flexible model, those who work beyond the age of 66 will receive a, a higher payment, uh, when they do eventually retire, um, it's expected that employee and employers will, however, have to pay PRSI increases in return for keeping the state pension age at, at 66. And, and, and the government is, is working on a new PRSI room, roadmap uh, due to be published next uh, January. Um, the other key change, I guess, um, was the, the transposition of IRP2 into local uh, legislation, into Irish law in April 2021. It, it was undoubtedly the, the most significant change to pensions regulation in, in, over, in over 30 years. Um, the, the requirements under this directive are wide-ranging, Fiona, but with an overall goal, um, I guess, of, of enhancing and strengthening the level of pension scheme governance, which is ultimately good news for, for pension members. So from our experience here at Provis, many em- employers are, are still on the journey of achieving full compliance with, with the directive. Um, and I guess in the context of defined contribution schemes, uh, it's expected that the, the number of um, standalone defined contribution schemes in the Irish market will shrink to circa uh, between kind of circa 100 and 150 by 2027 because there's uh, sufficient evidence out there, Fiona, that the majority of DC schemes will, will move to uh, master trust arrangements. So uh, lots of change happening um, in the industry at the moment. And Jerry Moriarty, CEO of the Irish Association of Pension Funds, do you think that people now are showing way more interest in pensions I'm not sure how much it changes. I think it changes as you get older because it becomes more real. Um, I think for a lot of people, you know, it's very hard to think about things that are a long way off. So if you're young, you're just starting your career, you're more focused on, you know, the more immediate things. Um, that's why I come back to the earlier comments. I, I, I think, you know, having something that's just arranged for you is really useful. Um, and, you know, pension, pensions are kind of complex subjects and people just get a bit overwhelmed by them. So I think there's a bit of work that everybody has to do to make it simpler, make it more straightforward. Um, but uh, and obviously at the moment, people have so many issues on a sort of day to day living basis that actually planning for the future just falls further down down the agenda. So how can we change um, people's views on that? Because I know even when I was in my 20s, I remember working with a girl and she was shocked and horrified that I didn't have a pension. But it just, as you say, it just wasn't something that I even thought about. Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, a lot is about the language we use around us. You know, there's a lot of terminology. There's a lot of stuff that unless you're working in it, you don't really understand. I think, you know, at a, at school level, I think we need to do more about, you know, financial education in general or financial, financial awareness in general. Um, you know, just explaining about how mortgages work, how credit cards work, how pensions work. And, and just trying to get across to people as well that, you know, the state pension is there, but the state pension is designed just to keep people out of poverty. I mean, it's about 13,000 euro a year. 
And, and particularly where we're reaching a situation where you're going to have a, a much larger age population. So you're paying out more in the state pension. It's paid out current taxation. So if you have fewer workers, then you've already got an issue. Um, and also, we're, we're also looking at a lot of people who may not own property in retirement. So if you need money, not just to live, but also to pay your rent, then you need to, you're going to have some additional savings. So I think just making that picture clear for people and using clearer language uh, around it would, would would help in in a big way. Finally, John, is that something that you guys see at Provest? Um, I, I think there's an onus on all of us as pension practitioners um, to simplify pensions and not to use uh, pensions jargon um, to ensure that members uh, understand pensions in a clearer manner. Um, and that will encourage them then to, to save for their retirement. Um, as Jerry alluded to, you know, there's, you know, circa 50 50 percent um, of uh, employees in Ireland saving for retirement at this point in time. So I think we all have a responsibility to to increase that coverage level and certainly auto enrollment uh, will help in that regard. Hopefully is right. And uh, hopefully people who are listening to this podcast will uh, get the message and seriously consider their their planning for the future and their pension. Thank you both so much for joining me on the podcast today. Thank you, Fiona. Thank you, Fiona. That is the latest episode of Money Matters, a podcast series by financial planning experts, ProVest. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.